You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network, where we share stories of people becoming who they were made to be. My name is Emily Cummins. This week, Jenny Katrin is sharing her becoming story. Jenny is the founder of the Foresight Group. She's a writer, speaker, and leadership expert committed to helping others lead from their extraordinary best. Jenny's passion is to lead well and to inspire, equip, and encourage others to do the same. She speaks at conferences and churches nationwide, seeking to help others develop their leadership gifts and lead confidently in the different spheres of influence God has granted them. Additionally, she consults with individuals and teams on leadership and organizational health. Here is my conversation with Jenny Katrin. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the Becoming Me podcast. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Emily. It's fun to have this conversation. (laughs) Um, I'm always honored to be able to just have a conversation with you. But then anytime that you're sharing your Becoming story, um, I love it. And for those of you who are listening and tuning in today, um, Jenny is a lifelong mentor of mine. Uh, I reached out to Jenny as a high school kid, just wanting to learn and grow. And she graciously responded back and initiated a friendship and a mentorship with me over the years. I can confidently say that without this woman that you're Mm -hmm. hearing from today, I would not be Emily. So you Uh, are amazing. I love it. I'm just, you're amazing. It's been fun to just watch your story and your journey. And, you know, I always marvel at just your tenacity as a high school kid of like really (laughs) pursuing who you were becoming and uh, and that I just got to be a little bit of part of the story. So it's it's just pure fun. Just so fun to watch. So, well, you're a lot a bit a part of my story. That's for sure. Um, and I am excited today for people to get to know who you are. Um, so why don't you just kick it off with telling us about Jenny? What are some fun things about mm. you? Yeah, well, fun and Jenny Catherine aren't always in the same <laughs> sentence. Um, That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I am a firstborn A-type overachiever, yeah. like, you know, Enneagram 3, <laughs> crazy, trying to figure out how to enjoy life and passionately pursue the things that God has, God has put on my heart and my story. I um, am a self-proclaimed leadership junkie. I really have a deep passion for helping leaders understand how to be thriving and healthy and and lead from their extraordinary best, like you said in the um, the bio. Uh, I was I'm a Midwest girl, um, born and raised. Lived in Nashville, Tennessee, for like 20 years. Uh, Silicon Valley in California for about three, and then back to the Midwest. So I've. Uh, Given my given a good part of my life to about almost every region of the country, which is kind of fun, and um, married to my husband Mirlin for 19 years, um, which seems crazy. Um, we don't have any children of our own. I spend a lot of my time just trying to invest in leaders, and then I get to spoil my nieces and nephews. So that all works out pretty well for me. Um, I love to uh, I love the outdoors, so I love hiking and running and. A little bit of biking. I'm learning to stand Ooh. up paddle, which is really fun. <gasps> That's awesome. Um, we live on a lake and are right near a lake in Wisconsin. And so I'm getting to kind of reconnect with my love of the water and all of those things. And I, I love to read and I love to work with leaders. So I work with 
um, a lot of church leaders. I work with some business leaders and just helping them figure out how to be both thriving and healthy themselves and help their teams do that. So um, that's a little bit of my world. I love it. And I think you and I have the same definition of fun because anytime we're in the same vicinity, I feel like at one point we'll look at each other and be like, hey, so um, is there a good Hallmark movie on tonight? Yes. <laughs> oh, you totally gave away my kryptonite right there. I am a sucker for a good Hallmark movie. Yes. So my husband is mortified by this, by the way. But I think I think that part of me that lives in the tensions of leadership all the time of like trying to navigate you know, the craziness of organizational life in, you know, in our ministries and our, our different types of organizations that we're a part of, that um, a good Hallmark movie that mm -hmm. is so predictable and always ends with, um, you know, like everybody's happy and back in love. Yes. Like, I think the, the closure of that, the predictability and the closure is just good for my soul. So I agree. I'm pretty that's my sure. Theory. I think there's even a scientific uh, study to back this up that happy endorphins are released when you watch Hallmark movies. I think I'm it's true. Yeah. I think it's true. So I love it. I love We've it. We've probably lost half the audience because they're like, oh my gosh, not hey. another Hallmark movie. <laughs> well, they're just too much fun to not bring up. So, you know, and of like, course. literally people might think we're joking, but I'm not kidding. When no, Jenny and I hang out, joke. we do, uh, we watch Hallmark movies. It's, it's true. Awesome. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, I love your story and I've had a front row seat to, I mean, the last several years of your story, but I'd love for you to unpack what has made Jenny who Jenny is today. What's your story? Mm. Yeah. You know, and it, I feel like there's so many layers to the story. So I'll try to like hit just kind of you know, key points along the journey. Um, I was a unexpected pregnancy to uh, my mom who was 17, my dad was 20. And so our, our family life kind of got off to a bit of a rocky start in that, you know, they were, you know, kind of a summer fling that found out they were pregnant and then kind of ushered into a quick marriage. So, uh, you know, my, my parents, you know, my early life, I have not so many memories of, but my parents divorced when I was about five. And, uh, and so those are key moments, right? Cause they're very shaping when you're young and, uh, family dynamics were really pretty rocky. And when I was uh, fast forward a couple of years, my mom was invited to church by my great uncle. And that was like my first introduction to church, my first introduction to faith. And that was a really critical turning point. So that, uh, when I talk about my story, you know, even though I, you know, started attending church and was involved in church at a very young age, it was very pivotal even for us as a family in that, that season. And so, you know, eight years old, I came to understand um, faith and who Jesus is and uh, got really actively involved in our local church. As a result, I, my great uncle kind of discovered that I had this love for music. And so he gave me piano and voice lessons and um, you know, would, would throw me on stage on Sunday nights at church to sing special music. And, and, I, and I actually, and I say those things because I credit him with being the person who taught me early on to use some of those gifts. And, you know, so even though I don't sing on stage, but I speak to leaders and, and conferences and so forth, every time that I'm on stage, I, I remember and reflect back to my great uncle who saw a single mom, you know, struggling, trying to figure out life and invited her to church and then saw, you know, these kind of budding gifts in this, this little eight-year-old and created opportunities for me. 
And so it's like those, those early moments are glimpses of just that becoming story of God weaving, you know, people into my life and, and creating opportunities that I think have all shaped who I've become. So fast forward, I had a love for music. I went to Nashville, Tennessee. I worked in the music business. I wanted to work at a record label. I wanted to be a CEO of a record label. I, you know, just was passionately kind of pursuing that dream because I loved helping. I worked specifically at a Christian record company called Forefront Records. That was back in the day when, and this is probably before your time, Emily, but um, you were you were a little you were a little kid at this point, but DZ Talk and Audio Adrenaline yeah. and Rebecca St. James oh, and yeah. Stacy Arico, like all of those folks were like, you know, dominating Christian music world at the time. And and I loved being a part of that because it gave me an opportunity to uh, you know, help connect the message of that that music with, you know, with people. And those were things that were kind of lifeline for me as a middle schooler and a high schooler. So I, you know, I did the music business thing. And at the same time, my husband and I were a part of planting a church in Nashville. And God, you know, kind of threw me a curveball when I had the opportunity to go on staff at our church. And the church we were part of, Cross Point Church in Nashville, was growing really rapidly. Um, And the senior pastor, you know, said, hey, I need somebody to help kind of run, run the church, like run the ministries, help us make this happen. And I thought, what would I do at a church? You know, I had a business degree. I was working in the music business. I thought I would be a CEO in that arena. And that to me was a really critical point of like that journey of understanding, okay, who is God gifted and wired me to be? You know, how do I really live this out? Did I have like this misconception of what my calling was, so to speak? And there was a lot of clarity that happened in that moment that I think, you know, is very much a part of my becoming story because uh, I, I really began to seek God because I had this deep sense that I was supposed to go work at the church full time. But I, you know, I had a good friend in the music business saying, if you do this, you're creating, you're committing career suicide. Like, what are you doing, Jenny? Like, this is crazy making you're on the trajectory. You're a seat away from the executive wing. Like, why would you leave this career journey? to go work at this little, you know, up and coming church plant that nobody knows about. I mean, literally that was the conversation. And I told you guys at the beginning, I'm an overachiever, you know, like a type, like want to, you know, like succeed. And so the idea that I could be like, you know, moving off into obscurity if I took this job was really unsettling for me. And I just began to process, pray, seek mentors, like really struggled with it because I really wanted God to say, you didn't have to go do this job at the church. I really wanted to be able to keep doing what I had been doing. And you know, those seasons, you know, those moments where, you know, God is telling you clearly you need to pivot. And uh, the aha for me was that moment that I began to realize that it wasn't so much the role that I was playing. It was that sense of did that sense of clarity on how had God gifted me, how had God wired me, and how could he use those gifts no matter where he placed me. And my kind of summary takeaway from all of that process of discernment was that I'm a person who's really wired to put feet to vision, that I am wired to, you know, put me alongside a great visionary, and I'm going to help that visionary understand how do we align a team of people and like kind of configure all the gifts of, of the people that are a part of this project to actually accomplish mission together. And the clarity of that moment helped me recognize, you know what, I can do that, whether it's in the music business, whether it's at a church, whether it's 
planning our family vacation, you know, like whatever sphere of influence God puts me in, that's the essence of who he's created me to be is that person who can, who can put feet to vision, align a team of people to accomplish a vision together, that that's when I'm at my best. And that's when I'm becoming the person that God has, has designed me to be. And uh, so that's been, that, that, that was probably, that season was probably one of the most clarifying for me in this, in my becoming story is that recognition of, okay, wait, this is, this is some of the unique way that God has wired and gifted me. And then it took a little pressure off of this thought that, oh my gosh, it has to be this role in this way forever, because I'm guessing all of our listeners have had those moments where something we thought was the plan didn't work out. And we, you know, end up rattled and unsettled and thinking, you know, we totally had it wrong. Well, no, we probably just didn't understand the essence of what God is doing in us. And then being able to go, okay, where's he going to use that? How's he going to apply that? Absolutely. That's incredible. And walk me through what you do now. So you've launched the Foresight Group. And what, I mean, what is the Foresight Group for those who aren't familiar yeah, you know, so this was this was a part of that whole journey too of, you know, my my tension, my danger in life is that I will over-identify with a role and mm. find a lot of identity in a role that I'm playing. And uh so even though I learned, you know, I feel like God kind of gave me that insight and helped me have that awareness, you know, you know, in the transition from music business to ministry. I, you know, every, every different role that I've played, I can naturally kind of over identify Mm -hmm. with, oh, okay. So now I'm the executive director at Crosspoint. Oh, I'm the executive pastor at Menlo Park Church, you know? Right. And, and that's a dangerous place to be because whenever God shifts us or moves us or circumstances shift us or move us, then, you know, it's kind of like we have this, you know, little bit of identity crisis and Mm -hmm. have to go back and figure it all out. Um, but one of the things that, uh, that, you know, probably over the last five years or so, uh, God really began to just give me clarity on this idea that I am a person who puts feet to vision and I have this deep passion to help leaders um, thrive in the work that they've been given to do. And that, that, that being able to come alongside leaders and really inspire and equip them and support them is some of my best work. And that happens through writing. It happens through speaking. And uh and God put on my heart a number of years ago to eventually launch an organization where I could do that to, with a lot of leaders, not just in one, you know, one church or one organization, but really be able to serve a lot of leaders. So long-winded answer to your question. No, this is awesome. I that love was, it. That was where the Foresight Group was birthed from, was to say, you know what, I think what God has put on my heart is a desire to help leaders in, you know, in all different mm-hmm. types of organizations, you know, people of faith who are, who are leading in you know, great spheres of influence, how can I come alongside them and be the support that helps put feet to their vision and helps them really do the thing that God has put on their heart. So the Foresight Group was birthed out of that passion. And we do, we do consulting with organizations, helping them think through strategy and culture and leadership. And that convergence of those things is really, I think, where healthy and thriving happens. So uh, we do that. I do a lot of one-on-one coaching, coaching groups, things like that to really invest in and develop leaders. And uh, we've been doing that for the last two years. You help us out with some things in that capacity, which is so fun. And, uh, you know, and and my heart is to really develop a, a team of people, and we are a team of people who are helping serve organizations right now around the country. Who knows if it's ever around the globe, but 
it's pure joy. And, you know, I get to spend um, my days working with leaders literally in every time zone um, in the U.S. and Canada, for that matter. Yes, yeah. And uh, so it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But the Foresight Group, the heart really is to help equip leaders with the foresight for success. That uh, if we can get out of the immediate and we can look ahead and we can really try to discern and understand where God is leading us, what he's calling us to, and we can have a little bit of vision for that. And then we can put some strategy in place and we can help uh, figure out how to create a culture where our team can thrive in the accomplishment of that vision then uh, I think some extraordinary things can happen. And that's what we're seeing with the folks that we get to work with. Absolutely. And I mean, the it's it's really cool to see how even the Foresight Group has impacted me and my becoming story. So I love how you shared that it's easy for us to wrap our identity into a role. And then we can get into this identity crisis wondering, well, is this my role forever? So is this who I mm-hmm. am for forever? Or will I be growing and changing and moving on to something else? And in a transition point in my story, you invited me to come to one of the women's leaders coaching groups with mm-hmm. the Foresight Group in Chicago. Yeah. And in that two days, I was able to really sit and wrestle through, okay, Emily, your identity is not your job. That's not who you are. That's not who God says you mm-hmm. are. That's what you do. And in those days of, you know, wrestling through the different exercises that you walked us through and the questions we had to answer, I walked away with a healthy view on who I am and who I'm becoming. Hmm. Um, And so I love how not just in your story have you experienced that, but you're leading countless others to experience the freedom of being who you were made to be and not tying that to what you do. And that's so critical. That's so good. Yeah, I love that that was your experience because that really is a big heart of the coaching we do, you know, that it's oh, like, yeah. you know, helping us have that healthy understanding of who we are. And uh, and then, you know, that sense of there's, you know, how or where that's going to be lived mm-hmm. out is going to shift and change throughout our whole lives. And oh, yeah. there's going to be some really beautiful surprises in that. There's going to be some tough, you know, yeah. moments in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's part of the journey. But when we have that kind of anchored sense of who are we, who has God created us to be, you know, and uh, just that, that clarity in that space, you know, gives us that I always call it the humble confidence, right? Mm -hmm. That, that confidence in knowing, you know, who has God wired me to be? Who has he created me? How has he gifted me? Um, But the humility to know it's all grace, it's all Mm -hmm. a gift. And that wherever he places me, I just get the joy of being able to, uh, to, to live out my identity and my calling in that space. Oh, yeah, I love that. A quote I've heard and I've hung on to often, I I can't remember who said it. um, But the quote goes like this, God calls us to himself, the rest is just geography. Oh, that's <laughs> it's so good. So true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, it's yep. true. Yep. So I would love to hear what do the words "becoming me" mean to you? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you know what I love about the becoming me is that there is a ongoing process in it. You know that it, mm-hmm. it is it is continual. Um, oh, I yeah. think of I think it's Philippians one four. He who began a good work in you will perfect mm. it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I particularly like that translation of he will perfect it until and that, you know, perfection doesn't happen this side of heaven, that we are constantly becoming who God has, who God has called us to be. And it's, you know, uh, it is when we see him that we are complete. 
And so I think that's what resonates with me so much in the becoming me uh, phrase and language is that it is a process. It is a journey. And so for the perfectionists and the overachievers among us, which all of us have to some degree, right? That there is a, it is, there's a, there's almost a, uh, it, it, there's almost a uh, piece that, that comes in that to go, okay, this is, this is a journey. This is not a destination, this side of heaven. And so I have to just be open and available. I often think of, um, and you've seen me do this, Emily, where, you know, I place my hands side Mm -hmm. by side, open face up. And my job is to be open to what God puts here in my hands, not to put the death grip of control around it and try to manage and manipulate and control everything in my life nor to just, you know, throw my hands up and abdicate and, and, you know, give up on it all, but to recognize that I'm supposed to gently and faithfully steward whatever God has given me. And so when, you know, this becoming me phrase is that, that stewardship of who God has made me to be, that it was not an accident. It was on purpose, even though I was an unexpected pregnancy to a teenage mom, that was not a surprise to God, right? And so there's, there's a distinct reason that he, you know, he put us here, each one of us. And so my job is, you know, is to really kind of discern and understand that and seek him in that and to keep becoming who he's, who he's called me to be. I love that. And your analogy with your hands open, that's one of the very first things that you taught me when we met in real life for the first time. So, I mean, I alluded to our story a little bit earlier, but as a junior in high school, um, I emailed Jenny and just asked her, you know, hey, you're an executive director at a church. I'd love to, you know, just learn a little bit from you um, and what your role entails. And I'd love to do that in the future. And So she just emailed me back and answered my questions. And that happened for several years. Um, And then, I mean, fast forwarding, I graduated from college. I was living in Las Vegas. Jenny was in California. And I was headed to California on a family vacation. And I reached back out and I asked if um, we could grab a cup of coffee. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, Jenny, you were like, well, let's get dinner. (laughs) And we met at this like Mexican restaurant. I had a list of questions. And one of the, you know, questions that you answered, you put your palms, you know, on the table and face up and you explained that analogy to me. And that was a key factor in me um, in my becoming journey at that moment and trusting God with the next steps he was taking mm. me on. Um, and that, so that was just really special and it stayed with me. And that was years ago now. Yeah, yeah that was probably what, four years ago? Four, you think? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it has That's to be four awesome. years ago. Yeah. So yeah, if mm. you were having a cup of coffee or another dinner over great Mexican food. Uh-huh, <laughs> yes, with... which is a... Which is a... <laughs> Uh, uh, cho- uh, one of choice. I love, yes. I love a good Mexican restaurant. Agreed. So if you're doing that with someone else and they're on their own becoming journey, what would mm. you say to encourage them? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. You know, I think that um, probably a lot of what we've already said, but just that recognition of uh, the urgency of our responsibility to steward who God has made us to be right? That like, I just, I, I've, I'm so convicted by, we spend a lot of time comparing and competing with everybody else. And yet God designed each one of us so uniquely and so distinctly 
and that we have a sphere of influence. Like there are people in your life, and this is one of those things that I teach often, that you were made to influence the world and in a way that no one else can, right? That I think if all of us grasp that reality, that you're made to influence the world in a way that no one else can, because no one else has the unique set of gifts and experiences and opportunities uh, that have shaped who you are. Like all of us have a unique becoming story that is, that is, that is who we are, good and bad. Like, you know, w- whether those circumstances or those, uh, those parts of our stories that, you know, the good and the bad of it are part of how he's designed you and created you. And then you have a specific context. You have a sphere of influence, the people that are a part of your world day in and day out that you have relationship with, that you have influence with, gives you a unique opportunity to serve them out of that gifting and that experiences and things that God has given you in a way that perhaps no one else could. For example, my great uncle Tom, who I talked about, you know, invited us to church when I was a kid, saw that I had an interest in music. So he gave me piano and voice lessons. Well, no one else in my life in that moment had that proximity to me had the opportunity because he was the music director at our local church, right? So he could, you know, let me sing on stage on Sunday nights at church and give me that opportunity to learn how to be comfortable in front of people and, you know, and communicate in that case via song, but like have those early experiences and opportunities that really shaped who I am today. But if Uncle Tom hadn't seized that moment to steward the gifts he had to the people in his circle of influence, I think my story would be radically different. And so I think if we can get that, like if we can understand that, quit looking at what Emily's doing or what Jenny's doing and look at what has God given me and who has he put me ar- put around me and what could I do with that? How could I steward that in a way that would bring life and joy and, and speak into people's lives in a unique way? That's so good. So good. I think we'd change the world if we got it. I really think, like, I really think that every, if everybody grasped that, that I think, I I just, I think we, I think our world would look a lot different. I 100% agree. And it's owning the lane and the story you've been given. No one else gets to live your becoming story. And so if you're trying to live someone else's, we miss out on you. And that's a really sad reality. Yeah. Yeah. I love love that. Hey, you know, if somebody was listening to this interview today and they're hearing about the Foresight Group, they're hearing about everything that you're doing, and they were curious about Foresight, how could they get involved? What are some things the Foresight Group is doing that people Mm. can tap into? Yeah. So the first thing I would tell you is just come to our website, getforesight.com. It's the word get, the number four, the word site.com. And just sign up. We've got a bunch of freebies there of like downloads. I've got a seven steps for determining your passion. You know, so if you're kind of like, okay, and that comes straight from that story I talked about in the transition from music business to ministry. And that like, I like, like crisis of purpose moment of like, okay, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to understand this? That downloadable PDF walks you through seven steps for really thinking through how has God gifted me and wired me and what are some of the passions and things that he's put in me? So go to our website in the free resources section. That's there. There's a bunch of other free resources and tools. There's articles for leaders, uh, tons of great fun, free stuff there. Emily's written stuff there. So go check that out. 
Um, and then we uh, probably one of the things that you guys would resonate with really well is we do an online coaching group for leaders. And Emily is one of our co-hosts of some of these groups. But we do an online coaching group for leaders that is a six-month cohort, maximum of 20 people in the group. It's all online. And you really get the opportunity to connect with other leaders uh, that are you know, in similar stage of growth where we talk about topics like self-leadership and navigating difficult conversations and conflict and leading a 360-degree leadership. How do I lead peers? How do I lead up? Like really practical but helpful leadership conversations and we're giving you homework and we're giving you great content. So that is probably one of the most valuable resources that I would say check it out because it's so, uh, I think it's just so helpful. We have another group that will be opening soon. So if you go to our website, you'll find info there about our next group that's forming. We do coaching groups for women leaders. So particularly women leaders in uh, church leadership. Uh, these are cohorts, Emily referenced being a part of one of those uh, we have another one starting in May and another one starting this fall. So, and then we have a culture shock workshop. So if you're in a position of leadership at your organization and you're like, our culture is kind of a wreck, um, we're doing a workshop this fall that really helps you think through how do I create a culture where staff and leaders are thriving? And that's kind of the part of that's it. Amazing. So that's probably more than you needed, but just so go good. to the website download that seven steps for determining your passion. And that's going to be a really great starting point. Absolutely. And make sure you follow the foresight group on all social media channels. Um, yes. because the daily encouragement coming from this team is really helpful. Um, and it's always at, I mean, a random time I'll hop on Instagram and then there's something encouraging, reminding me to lead at my best. And those like little nuggets of wisdom always come yeah. in such a timely, um, manner. So, I love everything the Foresight Group is doing. You're so and, great. Thank uh, you. I can't say enough how much it's helped me, and I know it's helping so many others. So um, definitely connect with the Foresight Group on their website and sign up for the next group. Um, they're they're life changing. That's awesome. Thanks, Emily. It's, hey, it's thank fun you. to connect with everybody. So. Thank you. And thanks for sharing your story today, how you're becoming who God made you to be. Um, and then just pouring into us like I treasure you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Well, you're an absolute joy. Thank you for just intentionally using your story and what God has been doing in you to invest in so many of us. We love that and are grateful that you're helping us figure out what becoming looks like in our lives. So thanks for that, Emily. <laughs> thanks, Jenny. To learn more about Jenny and connect with her, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network. For more information about Becoming Me, visit us at becomingme.tv. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with at becomingme.tv. And don't forget to connect with us at creativechurch.com. Again, that's crtvchurch.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. Creative Church.